0: Good morning and welcome to St. James uh, for our Bible readings and our sermon this morning. Um, which Bible reading should we have first? Uh, we could start with the, the Acts reading or we could go with the Gospel reading first. Okay, tell you what, heads is the Gospel reading, tails is the Acts reading. Huh, it's tails. There you go. where's the camera? Okay, so uh, our first reading is from the book of Acts, chapter one, and it's verses five to 17, then 21 to 26. Uh, During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were travelling with the Lord Jesus, from the time he was baptised by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias, Then they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other eleven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our second reading is from John chapter 17, verses 6 to 19. Jesus said, in prayer, I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accept it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you. And you've given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, you've given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guided them so that not one was lost, except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come to consider God's word to us, let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is truth. And we are made holy by your truth. So would you send your Holy Spirit to guide us into your truth as we consider your word? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I want to talk to you about that passage, but uh, I also want to say something else um, I might forget later. What, what, what mm, Messages first, sermon first. OK, heads for the sermon, tails for message and it's tails again so uh, the message I wanted to say uh, is just to say thank you Um, St James I know a number of people um, have lost someone recently Um, so I'm not alone in that but I just want to say thank you for uh, the messages for the cards for the calls and for the prayers Uh, I really appreciate your love and your care uh, as we grieve my mum uh, and her passing last week so thank you so much Um, please (laughs) do keep praying for us Uh, the funeral is a week on monday the 24th of may Um, but your support and your love and everything has made a real difference so thank you So that brings us to uh, our service today our sermon and our readings Uh, specifically the casting of lots the uh, heads or tails effect that uh, peter uses to choose a new apostle to choose who will replace judas so this takes place uh, in the time between the ascension Uh, so jesus has died he's been raised from the dead And he's gone to be with the father in heaven, saying to the disciples, stay in Jerusalem and wait until you are clothed with power from on high. And so they're waiting. Uh, But on one occasion in that waiting time, uh, Peter stands up and addresses them all, 120 of them together and says. We need to replace. Judas. Uh, It's interesting when you think about numbers in the Bible. You had 12 tribes uh, you had um, 12 disciples there is you know 12 sons of Jacob the tribes of Israel and there's that parallel where Jesus has his 12 followers his 12 disciples and they will be um, the, the foundation of the church of, of what God's kingdom looks like on earth and so with Judas having killed himself after his betrayal of Jesus they are from 12 down to 11. And so Peter says, well, that's not right. There needs to be 12, so we need to have an extra person. How are we going to choose? And so the reading says uh, that they, uh, let's have a look. They nominated two men, Joseph called by also known as Justice, and Matthias. Now it's interesting. It says they nominated two men. I wonder what the process was. How did you get nominated to be an apostle? Now there's hundred and twenty people there, and so clearly they had some criteria for how they got down to just two. so uh Peter says in his reading, uh, we must choose a replacement from for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptised by John until the day he was taken from us. So, clearly one criteria is length of service. It's about someone who was witness to all that Jesus did. Someone who has been around from the beginning, even though he wasn't one of the ones that Jesus called out as one of the twelve. So, uh, it's interesting, often Mark in his gospel talks about... um, You have the disciples, then you have those who are following, and then you have the crowds. There's this sense of there being a fringe of people around the disciples who who are around Jesus, who are listening, who are following. But they're not part of that inner circle. And actually, we know from the disciples, there's 12 of them, but only three, Peter, James and John, went up the mountain to see the transfiguration and were invited up to see the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. So Jesus has this, um, these different levels of, of intimacy with those who would follow him, those who are uh, learning from him and wants to know more of, of, of his message. So out of these 120, clearly a number of them were people who joined them at some point over the three years, or maybe even um, after the resurrection. We don't know because the bible doesn't tell us so if that now is it down to 40 they still get down to two so i'm intrigued what the x factor for uh apostles looks like um where there was a panel peter james and john in a row or with a big buzzer in front of them as people came and shared their testimony what they did and what they'd heard and how they'd driven out demons in jesus name whatever it is and someone go off oh, you're in or you're fired or sorry I ap- apologies but somehow they have used their brains and they have taken this 120 and they've come down to two and they've gone it could be either of them they're both in there since the beginning they're both good men they have good character they are people that we can work with whatever other criteria Peter and the others applied both Matthias and Justice fit the bill and so the disciples say how do we choose between them and so therefore they effectively toss a coin so casting lots in those days people use stones they use polished sticks uh, but the idea was the same that you uh, you threw the lots uh, or you put everything in a bag and, and you drew lots. Whether you know ten stones in a bag, five have M on, five have J on. Not that they used M and J, but you see, and whichever one was pulled out, that was the one. But the idea was that God is sovereign, and God could overrule in the casting of the lots, and through the Bible, and on a number of occasions. Uh, where people are seeking God's will, they cast lots and see see what happens, and they, they follow where the lot falls. They follow random chance, and actually um, they see God through it. So when um, uh, Achan steals the uh, silver cup from a battle in the uh, early possession of the Promised Land, they draw lots for which which tribe the person who's stolen this artefact has come from. Uh, and his tribe is called forward. And they draw lots for which clan. And it's his clan. And they draw lots for which family. It's his family. And they draw lots for which person. And it's him. So complete random chance. But each time it falls to bring out the one person. So God can overrule in chance. And guides his people through it so at St James are we now going to make our decisions by narrowing it down to two choices and making it heads or tails and flip a coin no because uh, commentators point out that although the casting of lots is done throughout the Bible actually this is the last time that the disciples cast lots this is the last time that anyone cast lots. The reason being that the next time there's a big decision to make, which is about whether Gentiles can come to faith or not, and what message is given to the Gentiles and how that is negotiated. The letter that goes out to them says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So the disciples have gone from, god we don't know heads or tails to suddenly having some confidence as they talk and as they prayed the holy spirit it felt good to the holy spirit that we did this and so that's what they did so you can see a journey where people have grown the disciples and we know disciple means learner the disciples have learned to listen to the Holy Spirit they've learned to understand the direction of the Holy Spirit and that then di- dictates what they do at the beginning their human reason takes them so far and then they've got no more resources as so the casting of lots the tossing of a coin is a way of saying God would would you show us the way but by Acts 15 the Holy Spirit has come they have ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit for however many months you think it takes between Acts 2 and Acts 15 and actually over those what well, we know it's years um, they've clearly grown in understanding in wisdom in a sense of how to engage with what the Holy Spirit says to them and that then leads them forward and so that makes me think about our gospel reading today Um which I think the me has chosen because it refers to uh, the replacement of Judas and Judas being being lost. But Jesus talks about truth. He says in verse 17, as he prays, Father, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth so can you detect the theme here jesus praying for those who come after him praying for his disciples and for us um, by extension that we would be filled with the truth of god now we all have a ridiculous number of choices to make um, and our society seems hell-bent on providing us with even more choices, whether it's about clothing or about channels on our TV, or even ways of watching television—you watch on your laptop, on your phone, on—we ah, have lots of choices. Um, but some of them are just a mundane; they're not important. But there are other choices where we can lose sleep, where we can really stress. What would God have us do? Where should I work? Should I spend time with? Um, What should I do with my money? All sorts of things that just don't have easy answers, don't have simple answers. And sometimes it's tempting to look for something that is like a toss of the coin. Um, In the book of Judges, Gideon lays out a fleece. He has an idea of what God wants, and angels told him. Uh, But just to make sure, he says, if this is true, when I put this fleece out uh, and I come out in the morning, if there's dew on the ground but not on the fleece, then I'll believe you. And that happens. So he goes, oh, just to make sure the next day I'm going to put the fleece out again. But if I come out tomorrow morning and the fleece is wet but the ground is dry, then I'll know it's God. Uh, and Christians talk about laying out fleeces, uh, saying to God, you know, if this happens, then I'll believe you that this is the direction you want me to take. And I'm not sure there's God doesn't there's no critique of that. I don't think God criticises that. There's an integrity to that desire to serve God, to go where God is leading. But I think in the book of Acts, we see a progression. We see that people who are um, devoted to the teaching of the apostles, to understanding the truth of God and to prayer, go from... Reaching a place where they kind of go, I, I can't choose. I can't choose. So we'll toss a coin and then God will say to us, it, it's heads or tails. They move to a point where as they pray, they reach a sense of peace about what is the right way to go. They have a sense of, it is this. Now, in my experience, sometimes tossing a coin is a good way of achieving that. In that if I think, if, I, if I've got faced with a decision between this and this, and i say, okay, heads and tails, and then I toss the coin, and it turns out heads. There'll either be a sense of, oh, okay, or, ooh, well, I wish it had been tails. In which case, that's probably my choice, and I should have just stuck with that in the first time before I'd tossed the coin. But sometimes making the choice helps us know the choice we should have made. People often talk about feeling a sense of peace about something after they've made the decision. But the question is, how do we grow in that understanding? And Jesus says it's through understanding truth, being taught truth. And in this same prayer in chapter 17, he talks about the the helper, the comforter being sent who would lead us into truth. So there is a sense in which as Christians we are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to grow in our understanding of God's truth. Now, that means reading our Bibles. That means talking things through with God, talking to God about What we read in the Bible about what we see in the world around us, and letting Him teach us what what He thinks, what is in line with His will, what is in line with the way that He views the world, how He's made the world, what He's how He's bringing His kingdom to be in the world. Uh, There was someone at New Wine a a couple of years ago who just said, "This um, is such and such a thing." going to be there in heaven so is illness going to be there in heaven is guilt going to be there in heaven Uh, is anger or envy or um, insecurity going to be there in heaven and if the answer is no then when we pray God your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven We're praying against that thing here and now. We're praying against people feeling insecure. We're praying against people being angry. We're praying for peace in Jerusalem. We're praying for uh, justice and, and order in the administration of medicine and healthcare and vaccines in India. We're praying for comfort from grief and sorrow for those who are mourning because there will be no mourning in heaven. So as we read our Bible, as we pray, we understand more what God is like, which means when we come to our choices, it is easier to say, the Holy Spirit says this with confidence. If we've not read our Bible, if we've not prayed, then we're drawing on our own resources. Now, you are almost certainly more intelligent than I am. My resources often feel awfully thin and so for me i i need i need god's wisdom i need to have a sense of what god is thinking what god would say in a situation and that comes through practice it's something that we learn so if you have a difficult decision to make you are welcome to follow the disciples do as much as you can by the application of common sense of what makes sense in your rational mind Until you get down to a choice between good options and then say to God, "Okay, which one? Lord, I'm trusting you. Heads or tails. But as you walk with God, as you carry on in faith, the aim is that you become more practised in listening to the Holy Spirit. In looking at a situation and being able to respond as God responds because his spirit is in you. So the challenge is, how are you accessing truth each week, each day? How are you praying? How are you spending time with God, listening to God each day? Because it's only as we do those things, he can lead us into his truth. And as the disciples do in Acts 15, we can say it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That is what we're after. That's what we're seeking. So let's pray uh, and ask God for his wisdom and for his spirit to lead us into his truth. Lord God, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit and that you have promised to lead us into your truth and to make us holy by your truth give us grace to do those things that help us to learn more from your spirit help us to read your word help us to spend time meeting you in prayer so that we can learn to hear the voice of the holy spirit whatever choices we face we ask this in jesus name amen thank you for listening or watching depending on how you're accessing this Uh, and god be with you in the week to come god bless